You don't need special gadgets to be a hero. With unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase everywhere, the Capital One Quicksilver card makes you the hero of every purchase. Whether it's headphones, a lounge chair, or even a well-deserved massage, whatever the Quicksilver purchase, you're the hero. No fighting bad guys, getting in epic car chases, or parachuting out of buildings required. Simple, isn't it? The Capital One Quicksilver card. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, everyone. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra, combining raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. That makes this Stuff You Should Know. Guest producer Casey in the house. Yes. It just sounded like Oprah. <laughs> you did. Welcome, Casey. That was pretty good. Thank you. Yeah. Chuck. Yes. Um, have you ever heard of a guy named Gregor McGregor? That's not a name. It is a name. You know, I once lived with a guy named John Johnson. Really? Yeah. Uh, in college. He was a college roommate. Gregor McGregor had um, an evil sense of humor, or else just was driven by greed. Mm-hmm. But at the uh, beginning of the 19th century, he... Fashioned himself as the Prince of Poiwai. Did, did he make up that name completely? Yes. Okay. P o y o i s. Completely non-existent place. Uh, no. Uh, it, not only was it a non-existent like place, as in a non-existent country, it was a non-existent island, supposedly off of Honduras, that he supposedly owned because he was supposedly the prince of this place. This is at a time when you could basically say, "Hey, you want to go colonize this this um, country called Poiwai?" Um, that's rich with oil and, um, well, probably not oil at the time, but rubies and gold and timber. Yes. And all this stuff. And you guys will be the first settlers there. So you're going to be in on the bottom of this and you're going to make tons. And the guy basically went around selling stock the right to go colonize this, this place that didn't exist. To the English, I, m- I imagine. To the English. Yeah. 250 settlers traveled there. 200 died on the journey looking for this place that didn't exist because they got the coordinates and there was nothing there and they were all exactly bitter not necessarily while these people were off he moved gregor mcgregor moved on to france and was doing it again (laughs) finally about 50 of these people come came back and they so couldn't believe that this guy made this up that some of them testified on his behalf when he was finally caught and tried as a, a con man. Sounds like he had a lot of confidence. He got the confidence of the 250 settlers and mm-hmm. then some. Actually, during his trial, this guy was so audacious that um, he was still selling stuff. to. He was still selling stock and, and, and um, rights, land rights to this wow. place to like 
local nobility, whoever he could get to buy it. Sounded like a skilled con man. He is a con man. And like you said, con is short for confidence I man. Most people knew that, but turns out that's not true. Yeah. I just told Lizzie that and she went, really? Yeah. Well, she probably wasn't paying attention. Eh, you never know. So, Chuck. Josh. I think it's high time, after all these requests that we've gotten f- to do how common work, that we do how common work. Yeah, this was on the Facebook page the other day. I should have written down the name. So apologies to whoever put this on our Facebook wall mid-April. Yes. This is for you. And we've done uh, at least one before. We've done Ponzi schemes. Yeah, and that'll pop up here. Yeah. But this is like an overview. There's a lot of different cons going on at any given time all around you. In the world that you take as real and genuine you're actually being conned an average of 8 to 12 times a day, studies show. <laughs> Con artists, Josh, uh, are deceptive. They're liars. They're cheaters. They trick people. They're probably pretty smart. They take advantage of your weaknesses if you're lonely, if you're not too smart. If you like cats. If you're elderly, un- unfortunately, a lot of times uh, they prey on the elderly. Yes. If you're in poor health yep. or if you're just plain ignorant and dumb. Or, and this is a very, very um, important point, if you are greedy. Well, yeah, greed. They can't, Well, what's the saying? You can't cheat an honest man? Yeah. That's as true as true gets, my friend. It is. Um, there's, there's no such thing as something for nothing. And if you are greedy, yeah. um, you are likely going to fall prey to a confidence scheme. Yeah. Because you're going to go against your better judgment and once you take that step, you've just become ensnared yeah. in one of the 8 to 12 cons that are taken on you every day. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the movie Wall Street. You know, Charlie Sheen got swept up in that greed, and they, they weren't cons. Well, I thought it was Shia LaBeouf. But, he, no, no. but there was, you know, inside trading going on. But remember uh, Sheen's father, Martin Sheen, played his father in the movie. Yeah, and remember in Hot Shots, they pass one another on the river and go, <laughs> I loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. But um, the father was honest. He was an honest man. He couldn't be conned. He couldn't be bought. He's like, no, no, no. He, son, uh, you can't get something for nothing. Yeah. you got to use elbow grease and your strong back to make your money. Yes. And what happened? Charlie Sheen went to jail. Martin Sheen did not. And look at Charlie now. <laughs> yeah. He's psychotic. <laughs> Let's talk about con men. So, Chuck, one of the uh, hallmarks of the confidence man is... Or woman. Or woman. That's a really good point because um, uh, they're just as likely to be a con person as a man. Yeah. A woman will more likely play on a man's lust. Yes. To get his money, whereas a man will do other things. Yeah. Because women aren't stupid enough to fall for that. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. Although a gay con artist... Could still pull yeah. it pull it over, yeah, because so. you're still working the man. Yeah, true. Chuck, one of the hallmarks of con people is that they um, travel frequently, mainly because they don't like to be chased by mobs with pitchforks and, and torches. Yeah, although they frequently are. Yes. Right. So um, to kind of explain or excuse this frequent travel, they may say that they have a, a job that causes them to, or they may actually have a job that that gives them a reason to travel. Like, you could be a traveling salesman, mm-hmm. but really you're a con artist, but you really do have a job as a traveling salesman. Yeah. Like, um, have you seen Paper Moon? 
Your favorite movie. Favorite movie. I have indeed seen that. Yeah. Yeah, they were always just sort of from town to town, right? Yeah, Bible salesman. Oh, that's right. Traveling Bible salesman. Uh-huh. Although the whole thing was a con. And she was the cutest darn little con artist I've ever seen. She was awesome. Uh, you could also be a carny, which I think partially explains why a lot of people don't trust carnies. You, you think? You ever see the, the famous Simpsons episode with, <laughs> yeah. um, oh, what was the guy's Jim Varney? Yeah. As the carny. Uh-huh. He and his son- Ultimately got got by Homer and, and Bart. They did? Yeah. Casey, can you verify that? Yes. All right. Casey they did. always knows. They did. He's a Simpsons guy. Uh, Josh, if you want to throw some other uh, cool 1920s style terms out there that. Uh, like get on the trolley? Yeah. Uh, you could call him a flim flam man, a sham artist, a shyster, a bunko man, a grifter, a swindler, a hustler, a bamboozler. Grifter's my favorite. It's my favorite too. It's a good one. It's it's. Uh, let's call him grifters then, because it my sounds favorite. like you do not mess with this person. Grifter. A grifter is sounds to me like a professional. Yes. You know. And the awesome movie, The Grifters, from uh, Stephen Frears, is what I think one of the top three con man movies of all time. Did you like that one? I made it halfway through. The Grifters. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. But we'll talk about the movie part in a minute. So. There are, um, you know, we talked about Ponzi schemes before. That is one of many types of cons. And there's actually, under the umbrella of con, uh, cons, there are sub-umbrellas mm-hmm. of types of cons. And then under those are actual different cons. That's right. That is the granular level we're going to get to on this. Yeah, and there's there's all kinds of cons, but it is funny how many of them are just variations of the same con. Yes, for example, cons. street cons. Yeah, let's talk about some street cons. Street cons are generally characterized by um, the, the 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 traits that they happen in public. Mm-hmm. They happen quickly. Yeah, and usually for a fairly small take, a couple hundred bucks or less. Dude, if you can make a couple hundred bucks in a street con in, in fifteen minutes, you're doing pretty well for yourself. But you shouldn't be doing that at all. No, it's illegal and it's wrong, immoral, unethical. It really is. I mean, that's it's. It's yeah. It's fooling someone out of their money. Yeah. It's kind of the worst thing you could do. I almost respect the the guy who like hits you over the head and steals your purse a little more. I don't like that guy either. Yeah, you're right. They're both jerks. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about some street cons. Okay. Uh what about Chuck? The pedigree dog. And by the way, this article has the most super- superfluous illustrations of any article on how stuff works at all. Really? Yeah, there's very apt descriptions oh, and yeah. then there's some illustrations of the app descriptions. And this is written by the Grabster, we should point out, who yeah. gets all the fun articles. Yes. Uh, the pedigree dog, but you can insert dog with violin or really anything of value that you can trick someone to, into thinking is valuable. Right. So go. Let's hear it. Okay. So let's say that you are a shop owner and some guy comes in with the dog. Mm-hmm. And says, hey, can you hold this for me for a minute? I gotta go down the street and place a bet, or I gotta go down the street and rob another store. Just be <laughs> thankful it's not your store. Yeah. And the store owner goes, sure, I'll watch your dog. I love dogs. Yeah. Uh, so the first guy comes out and it goes out, and then the second con man comes in, unbeknownst to the uh, owner related to the first guy, mm-hmm. at least in a business sense. And he goes, wow, where did you get that dog? That's like a very rare pedigree dog worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Can I buy it from you? And the owner says, maybe so. Come back in 20 minutes. That's, I'll see if I can yeah. buy this dog from the owner. That's the greed that they play on. The bartender's thinking, hey, I might can make a few bucks here. Exactly. Um, or the store owner. Do I want to say bar owner? Yeah. Yeah, either way. Um, so the uh, first guy comes back. 
the owner of the dog comes back and um, finds that the owner of the store wants to buy the dog from him, says, oh, I guess so, all right, I'll sell it to you for two grand. The owner um, pays the two grand, and the second guy never comes back to buy the dog from him. And so the owner of the shop all of a sudden is out a couple of grand, and they have a mutt on their hands. Yes. The but, dog. Yes. Was never pedigree. No. It and was he, all a lie. The dog is a real loser here, too, I might point out. Yeah. Because, you know, the guy's probably not going to be like, oh, well, I'll love him anyway. He's probably going to kick him, put him out on the street. And plus, his name is Jason. Who names their dog Jason? I <laughs> know. That's so weird. Uh, the pigeon drop. That's another old school con. Uh, this works. Uh, let's say you're hanging out on the street and uh, you spot something that you have placed there. Uh, let's say it's uh, a, a money bag from a local vendor. Yeah. They dropped it on the way to the deposit thing. Yeah. And a good way to make this work is if you can get the other person to notice it first. That way they don't feel like they're being conned because they spotted it. Right. Then you say, all of a sudden you realize, hey, both of us are looking at this thing that says, um, you know, the savings and loan, and it's got a little money <laughs> spilling out of it. That's the most generic thing I could think of. Yeah. And they said, you know what? Let's um, let's let's split this up. And see, here's a, a, where an honest man can't be cheated. Yeah, comes in for sure. Because if you said, well, maybe we should also just try to take it to this bank first. The con's over. It is. But let's say you are a greedy guy, and you're going to go along with it. What happens? Well, the the second car, uh, con artist might show up and say. Uh, hey, listen, I saw this too, so I, I want my fair share. There's no easy way to solve this, so why don't, in good faith, why don't we all put some money in an, in, in an envelope, show good faith, we're all financially on the up and up, and then the money is in there, a little sleight of hand goes on, and the original dude ends up with an envelope full of coupons. This one I don't get. You don't get it? Well, I don't like it, and I don't get it. First of all, sleight of hand that is not a good con. It's not solid if it involves basically like magicianship. Well, that's what three card money is. Agreed. The other thing I don't like about it is why not just split the money up three ways? Why would you put money up to split money? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, yeah. I'm actually angered by that con. <laughs> I know. I, you know, I agree. Another way to do it though is if it's say it's a ring. Okay. You or like something this one like better? that. Then it makes sense to put up money because uh, one of the con men says, well, actually, I do have a little training in um, diamond appraisal, and this thing's probably worth about five grand. Um, but I can't go pawn it or anything like that, or there's no way we can go pawn it right now. Right. Do you want to buy my share or something I'll, you know, for 500 bucks or whatever? The guy who's being conned, the target, um, says, well, yeah, sure, here, I'll, here's 500 bucks, and I'll take the ring and go on my merry way. That makes more sense. That does make more sense. Putting up money to split a bag of cash is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Well, it's a con, and if you have fallen for that con, that might make you one of the dumber rubes of the world. If you have, send us an email so we can come to your house and hit you in the head with a tack hammer. <laughs> in the case of the ring, obviously the original person ends up with some sort of diamondoid and uh, out whatever amount of money they're stupid enough to give up. Yeah. That's the pigeon drop. I feel mean saying stupid and dumb, but honestly, if you give up cash like that, then... On the street, We'll yes. say naive. Okay. All right, three-card money, we mentioned. that That is more magicianship. That is... Uh, my friend Jim used to do that in high school. Really? Jim was really good at three-card money, and he would just do it among friends in the cafeteria at school. So it's not like he hit the streets. 
But that's when you have three. That you know of. <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, that's when you have the three cards, and one of them, um, they said Ace of Spades, but I've always seen it as the Queen. And Find just... the red queen. You know what I mean. Exactly. Find the queen, and you'll get the green. <laughs> Jim did all that stuff. Black, white, candy, stripe. Doesn't matter to the Mac. That was one of his <laughs> things that he would say. So, you know, it's like the shell game, and uh, you're moving these cards around such. I mean, they have it on the big board at baseball games. You know, follow the Braves oh, yeah, hat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they do the quick switcheroo at one point, and you can't tell. I actually know how to do that. I'm just not very good at it. Well, I know the trick, though. Oh, okay. It's like you put one, both of them in one hand and do one of these, and you drop the one that you're not supposed to drop. Huh. And so once you lose track of it, then unless you guess, you know, luckily, you're not going to know where the queen is. I always just assumed one was sticky. No, you're just, you're just good at it. Oh, okay. And uh, there's also... Uh, as we mentioned, the other cons, usually other con artists, or not usually, a lot of times they'll they'll be in con- work in concert with you. So, like, they'll come up and win a couple of rounds while people are watching, and they'll say, hey, well, that guy just won a couple of times. I can do this. This, this must be a legit game yeah. of three-card money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so those are just three of many examples of street cons. Yes. Which are all... Um, Short cons is another way to put them, too. Yeah. They fall under another sub-umbrella of short con. That's right. There's no long street con, as far as I know. I don't think so. Um, business and internet cons, these can f- traipse into the long con genre of confidence tricks. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're usually fairly quick. For example, the pump and dump scheme, right? I'd never heard of this one. Yes. Uh, pyramid schemes we covered with the, the Ponce podcast and... Should we go, how detailed do we need to get here with the pyramid scheme? I, I say we just go back and, and listen to Ponzi. Okay, is that what we should do? Yeah, you should give them another Ponzi, though. Uh, it's a Ponzi scheme where you basically, there is nothing exchanging hands many times, and you recruit people under you to give you money, and they recruit people under them to give them money. And the only people who ever actually get a payout are the few, very few people at the top of the pyramid. It's an unsustainable business model if it actually is a business at all. It's not. Sometimes it well, is. Well, yeah, yeah. Like Ponzi's original scheme wasn't a scheme. It was basically buying and selling like postage Stamp. stamps yeah. um, because there was an exchange rate associated with it back at the time. But um, he started taking new investors' money because the investment wasn't paying off like he thought and giving it to old investors. Right. And that's the creation of the Ponzi scheme. Yeah. It's the people on the bottom pass money upward, so only the people in the first couple tiers actually can make money. That's right, Josh. And the way they get you in is they tell you that you're one of the top people. It's like even if you have suspicions, like this is a pyramid scheme, they're like, it totally is, but you're one of the top three, so you're in. Right, which makes you a greedy jerk. Exactly, playing on your greed once again. Yeah. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only 
And that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech for a limited time only. Save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. And when you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. That's right. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com deals. That's D-E-L-L dot com slash deals. Uh, multi-level marketing, Josh, a lot of times that's basically a pyramid scheme. There are some legitimate companies. Like so, the Pampered Chef or Tupperware or yeah. um, Amway. But, and, and it is yeah. legitimate. I mean, they it can uh, be. But they have a pyramid structure. They're just not, they're not a, um, it's not grift. Yeah, but if you start poking around and they're a little vague about the product and stuff and payouts and things like that, then it's probably a not legit pyramid scheme. Right. Not one of those companies, but... Yeah, if you start asking questions. If you ever start asking questions of a somebody who wants to you to buy into their franchise and they start sweating and getting all cagey, <laughs> yeah. just walk away. Yeah, it's a good sign. Yeah. Do we really need to talk about the Nigerian money transfer at this point? <laughs> I would think our listeners are wise to this, but it still happens. It's an internet scam. The prince of some country in Africa usually has this large sum of money. And somehow we got your email address, and you are the lucky guy that can get a portion of it. Yeah. Because uh, the money will be freed up. We just have some problems within our own country with customs or whatever. Yeah, we 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 have a bunch of money. It's locked up. We need some of your money to unlock it. Exactly to bribe people, to yeah. pay whatever fees, all that stuff. Um, the thing that I was surprised about is that this this one. The Nigerian money transfer, a.k.a. advanced fee fraud, a.k.a. a 419 scam, <laughs> yeah. because Section 419 of Nigerian, uh, I guess, federal code uh-huh. deals with fraud, it, be, it very frequently becomes a long con. Yeah, that's what I was – I didn't know about that either, actually. Yeah, so like it, once you have given these people your money, they're like, oh, okay, well, let's see what else we can get out of you. And um, something got held up at the border, so we need more money for more bribes, or we need your Social Security number because the bank is asking for it. Right. And it just keeps going on and on. And then the insidiousness of the long con is once, you're, once you've bought into something – and and you're invested for a substantial amount, it becomes increasingly difficult to walk away. Exactly. And it's always just tantalizingly right there. If I pay just a little more money, mm-hmm. I'm going to get everything back and then some. Yeah. And it just never pays out like that because you're being conned. Yeah. And the reason we didn't know this is because we never fell for the beginning of the Nigerian uh, con. No. But, you know, I, I, I make fun of it a little bit because I thought everybody on the planet knew about this, but it still happens, I'm sure. And it probably happens to, you know, like your grandmother. Yeah. And that's so sad yeah. and so wrong in so many ways. Yes, it is. It's like 
it's like stealing like half of the value of somebody's 401k or something overnight. Yeah. Or um, issuing a mortgage to somebody when you know they can't pay it back because you're just going to foreclose on their house <laughs> and sell it. You know what another, it's I wouldn't call it a con, but have you ever seen um, that guy that sells the uh, learn how to email with this DVD? Have you seen that dude? <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, it's very trustworthy white guy with silver hair. Yeah, it's very rudimentary things like learn how to access the internet or learn how to uh, operate email. Right. We'll send you these DVDs. They're legit. I'm sure the DVDs show you how to email someone. Sure. But it's a it's a shipping scam essentially. Okay, we should probably see a way here. Like, is this an actual scam? It is. Here's what happens. How about this? I will tell you what happens, and then you, the listener, can decide whether you think it's a scam. <laughs> or you, the lawyers of this guy, explain <laughs> it to us in court while you're suing us. What you see when you see these commercials is pay uh, or $9.95 for the set of DVDs that teach you how to email. Shipping is $7.95, money-back guarantee. So what happens is if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. You have paid $8.95 to ship a DVD. The DVD is shipped to you via media mail, which is slow and very, very cheap. You can probably ship a DVD for like 10 cents via media mail. Right. So he's making 8.85. Even if they return the, the thing and he gives them their money back, he's he's made the difference of the shipping. So basically, this guy's making money no matter what. Scam or not a scam? Probably not because you're getting well, the not DVD. in a legal sense. Yeah. The guy's providing the service that he's saying he's providing. That's right. So His you know guarantee stands. I reverse my stance. I call that man the smartest man on the planet. I don't know about that. All right. He's somewhere in between. And we might cut all this out even. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what else? Oh, Chuck. What Chuck. about um, home improvement? Yeah, you know, man, I was just uh, working on this house down the street. I was putting a roof on it, and we got all this extra material, and I'm going to have to return it, but I could give you a heck of a deal. Here's all of my money. The end. You've been scammed. Yeah. Um, that's uh, that. Uh, there are two kinds of home improvement scams, one that are perpetrated by actual like contractors yeah. where they um, basically sell you shoddy work or something like that, mm-hmm. or another frequent one is where they um, do the work, get halfway through, say, tear your whole roof off, put half the roof back on, and say, I'm going to need more money. And what can you do at that point? You yeah. are over a barrel. Yes. Uh, that's a scam. Or they might do shoddy work and uh, have you sign a contract that has something like some clause in where if you don't make the payments, if you don't pay them in full, they can put a lien on your house and basically take it from you. Yeah. Um, so you have to pay them for shoddy work no matter what. It happens. There's also scams perpetrated by people who are not contractors. Like um, there's there's one that's like uh, it, they'll re-asphalt your driveway. And this group of guys will just basically paint your driveway black and be like, give us our money. Right. Um, that's They're not actually contractors. Right. They're painters, really. Yeah, and since you mentioned it, um, the guys who approach you in the grocery store parking lot to fix your dents, they are not auto body specialists um, that just happen to be there with all their materials. They have their materials, and I'm really, really sorry to say that my wife fell for that. Oh, really? Her old Honda Accord that I drove, or I'm sorry, Honda Civic that mm-hmm. I drove until recently mm-hmm. had two of the worst smeared Bondo jobs I've ever seen in my life. 
because he was going into the grocery store. And the guy was like, I can fix that for you. I'm like I saw just, those. Just while you're shopping. I saw him. I never mentioned him. Yeah, that was, she fell for it. And I try not to give her too much of a hard time, but she's like, well, they seem really honest. <laughs> nice. Well, they gained her confidence. Yeah. Awesome. Big, big That's scam. a con right there. Um, you could also have the fake home inspector who supposedly is an official of the city, state, municipality, county, um, who's just dropping by unannounced at your house and uh, for a surprise inspection and is going to find eight things wrong with your house that don't meet code. Right. But really do because this person's not legitimate. But their but buddy has can a fix friend, it. Yeah, yeah, has a friend who can do it for pretty cheap. Well, mm-hmm. it's going to be terrible work, unnecessary work, and expensive work. I got one for you. Yeah. If you ever see the words uh, debt removal or debt erased, yeah, just walk away. I didn't even know this exists. Oh, yeah, man. You look around, there's signs on telephone poles that say, you know, debt removal, we can remove your debt, which means they'll hand you a document that says your, your debt has been erased. And that's literally all it is, is a piece of paper that says, we've erased your debt. But you bought it. Yeah, well, you've bought that piece of paper. Wow. And imagine, sadly, some people have probably taken that piece of paper into like a bank and said, but no, look. It says here that my debt has been erased. Not so. Yeah. I'll bet there's a lot of discomfort in that first few moments where the person's trying to convince the banker that they don't have any debt any longer. This thing just make this whole podcast makes me feel bad. Um, we mentioned mortgage refinance scams where basically you find somebody who uh, has some equity, a lot of debt, and not a lot of income, and you issue them a refinance, a mortgage refi. Mm-hmm. And you have to be an actual banker to do that. Yeah. And they do it. Uh, they do it because they want that house. Yeah, like you the, might be signing away your house. Yeah. Um, and also there's um, bankers who have been known to slip clauses into the fine print of a home mortgage loan mm-hmm. or a refi yeah. that says, uh, these people can have this house, by the way, and you just sign over your house for nothing. Yeah. Which uh, I don't understand how somebody could get away with that. I know. And then, of course, Chuck... I think we're at the public service announcement part. How to avoid the con? Yeah. First and foremost, don't be greedy. Yeah, don't be greedy. If it looks too good to be true, then it's you're right on the money there. Don't trust anybody, especially if you're an elderly person. You you never get something for nothing. That is not how the world works. It has never worked that way. It will never work that way. Yeah. If someone is promising you large amounts of money for very little, uh what you considered very little money, it's just, it's wrong. Uh, solicitations are usually, basically that's a horrendous business model in this day and age. So if a company is still using door-to-door cold visits, they kind of deserve to go out of business. <laughs> so you can go ahead and assume that either one, you don't want to do business with that company that's soon going to go out of business because they're using a business model from the 50s or a marketing model from the 50s, or that these guys are actually con artists. Yeah. And they're not really going to sell you a security system. Yeah. And they're actually probably just casing your house to break into it later. Yeah, maybe so. so uh, you need to look out for other signs. Like if uh, you meet a nice man who's got a great deal for you and he gives the, the business card and it says, Jim Smith, P.O. Box 14, and that's all it says on it, <laughs> <laughs> hand it back to him. Yeah. Walk away. Ask for information. Ask for their driver's license. Uh, let them see you taking down their license plate number. Yeah. 
And, if, and you know, if you're asking them all these questions and they're legit, then they're going to be like, sure, man, here. They will be. It's going to be a little uncomfortable because you're Maybe. basically saying, like, I don't trust you. Right. You have a little too much pain on your jeans or whatever. <laughs> so I, I don't like the look of you, but I'm willing to see what you do when I do this to you. Now squirm. Right. Uh, and if they don't squirm, then, you know, you might be able to trust them. Right? Right. And if they're if they really need that decision fast, if you say something like, you know what, this sounds really good, but give me about a week or so. And they're like, no, 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 no. this deal ends today. They're just say, okay, sorry. Yeah, there's very likely there's not any deal that ends today. Right. When there's lots of money involved. Yes. Um, and then, Chuck, if you have been conned, the uh, the point of con artists' confidence is that you'll feel too embarrassed and foolish to tell anybody. So they'll be able to keep operating in virtually the same place for a while. Yeah. Right? So you want to actually go and tell somebody. Go tell the popo. <laughs> tell the popo. Tell uh, call up the, that annoying uh, guy on the local news yep. that goes and sticks microphones in people's faces. Maybe he'll help you out. Yeah, you know there was a guy named Count Victor Lustig who managed to sell the Eiffel Tower twice. Pretty good story. Because the first guy was too embarrassed to tell anybody that it had happened. But basically about 15 years after the World Fair at, in Paris, the Paris Exposition that saw the raising of the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. um, the, comp- the, the city was like really having trouble paying to keep it maintained. So it was kind of, it wasn't just completely unbelievable that the city would hire an agent to secretly shop around the right to, to tear it down and use the, the steel for scrap. Yeah, it was originally supposed to be temporary, right? Yeah, it was. Who knew? I I don't know. So he would take uh, people in a limousine and make a big fancy show about it, take yeah. them up to the observation deck and show them the, the metals that they were going to be buying. Exactly, <laughs> and somebody paid out. This one guy paid out. Um, Andre Poisson was a steel dealer who, who paid out for it and was too embarrassed to tell anybody. And so Lustig did it again a month later. Um, and it was lucrative both times. I liked... The guy's first scam? I did too. He created a machine that basically turned out uh, blank paper, right? A printing but machine. He billed it as a printing machine that could print $100 bills. Yeah. And basically what he did was he stuck $200 bills in. Right. The problem was um, the machine could only spit a $100 bill out every six hours. So even if you had the time to spend 12 hours staring at this machine, you're going to see it spit out $200 bills. Yeah, and right? you're just waiting on that third exactly. forever. Right. Um, so people paid, I think, um, $30,000 for a machine like this. And he uh, he was a very smart man, very smart, uh, unethical man. Yeah, because you'd make that thirty grand back, d- divide it by uh, six hours. Or divide it by 100 mm-hmm. by 6. So 3,000 divided by 6. So that's how long it would take. Or times 6. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> 18 hours. Is that no. how long? No. 1,800 hours? <laughs> I think 1,800 hours. Or 180. It's a variation of 18. What fun would it be to get a calculator out, you know? Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. That's right. You can unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, the most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. And when you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. That's right. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com deals. That's D-E-L-L dot com slash deals. So, um... I guess that's it. Yeah, we we should list some movies here. Yeah. Um, Because I love a good con artist movie. Yeah. The Sting, classic. I've not seen it. House of Games, David Mamet. Not seen it. Classic. Uh, Catch Me If You Can, we've talked about that. Yep. Confidence, I saw that one. I didn't see that one. It was was okay. It's definitely a, uh, you'd watch it on a Sunday afternoon. Eddie Burns. Yeah. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is a, one, one of the great comedy con men. One of the great movies ever. Oh, absolutely. Uh, if you're into Mammoth, of course, you've got to go with The Spanish Prisoner. So he wrote two, huh? He wrote The Spanish Prisoner and House of Games? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Glengarry Glen Ross, which is not a well, con man movie. but right. one of the And um, State in Maine. Another great movie. Yeah. I'm a big Mammoth fan. Matchstick uh, Men? Yeah, yeah. I, I'd say it's um, slightly slicker than conf- uh, Confidence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was the Grifters, uh, Stephen Frears movie, which you didn't get through. No. And then the Hustler, which preceded the Sting. Paul and then, Newman. of course, the number one confidence movie of all time, The Baltimore Bullet. Have you seen it? No. Okay. <laughs> I hadn't even heard of it until today. I hadn't either. But it's got a great movie poster, and it starred Mr. James Coburn. Can't go wrong there. No, you can't. Uh, if you want to learn more about cons, basically you should print out this article and carry it with you at all times. So if a stranger comes up to you and um, you suspect they're conning you, you can use it for quick and easy reference. You can just pull it out and unfold it and be like, oh, uh, an envelope full of money. I know what's going on. Come with me, sir. I'm placing you under citizen's arrest. You can type con artist into the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And by the way, Chuck, citizen's arrest, what do you think? We've gotten a lot of requests, and I don't know how that works. Well, let's do it. I've tried it a bunch of times, and I just get beat up. <laughs> um, since I said search bar, HowStuffWorks.com, etc., that means that it is time for listener mail. Uh, Josh, I'm going to call this a, a plea for joining our show. 
Dear Josh and Chuck and Jerry, I've been listening to and enjoying your podcast for about a year now. I wanted to thank you for reinforcing the crumbling concrete of my sanity with your rebar of knowledge. That's why I read this one. I just like that sentence. I'm 26 years old and for the last three years have been working in a windowless office, endlessly shuffling paperwork. Your podcast with its breadth of subjects... With a D. With a D. And cheerful banter has allowed me one glimmering sliver of anticipation every day I have to drag myself into work. Uh, despite your insistence that you have submitted clumsy podcasts in the past, I have found something endearing and enjoyable in every one of them. Your inclusion of pop culture references, asides, in-jokes, and personal anecdotes is what distinguishes you from more mediocre podcasts. So who knew? That is nice. Um, if all this flattery didn't tip you off, I was going to suggest one minor change, however. Possibly the addition of a hip, young, smart aleck looking for a career change. I can assure you I have a voice and face made for radio and sensibilities and overall coolness to mesh seamlessly with this newfangled medium. So he's basically saying, can I be on your show as the third team member? Okay. I thought Jerry was the third team member. Well, the third podcast or fourth team member. Oh, gotcha. Um, Thanks so much for putting out a consistently great show. I'm a loyal listener. I will upgrade myself to fanatical if you can explain open source computing in 30 minutes. Sincerely, Matthew G. So, Matthew, I can say two things. We will neither explain open source computing in 30 minutes, nor will we accept your gracious offer to join us as a third podcaster. What? Are you saying I should not? Do you want him on the show? No. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm trying to break it to him easy. That the the position has been filled. It's there's there are no openings here. I don't. We are what's called a comic dyad. Yes. I don't know how we could ever become a triad, the even duo. for a single episode. Yeah. If it wasn't an interview, we had Strickland in here. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. But he he's not funny, so that's not that's no threat to our comic diet. <laughs> and he can explain explain open source computing. Huh. Well, let's just get Strickland in here again. No, just give this guy to Strickland. All right. Done. Either way, though, it's just you and me, right? That's right. Okay. Thank you, Matthew G., though, for your uh, spunk. We like that. Yes. Um, if you have ever been conned, we'd like to hear about it, right, Chuck? Yeah. No? It's sad, but yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Well, we can share with people. Uh, how about this? Why don't you go share your cons on the Facebook page so yeah. everybody can look out for the hottest, newest, hippest cons going on. Um, we're at facebook.com slash stuff you should know. You can reach us on Twitter at SYSK Podcast. And you can send us plain old-fashioned email at stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. To learn more about the podcast, click on the podcast icon in the upper right corner of our homepage. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo. 
the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Hey everyone, the Easter Bunny is coming early this year. That's right, Easter is Sunday, March 31st. And with free in-store pickups, CVS makes it easy to get everything you need for brilliant baskets and happier hunts. You can find delightful toys, Peeps-themed egg decorators, pre-filled Easter eggs packed with goodies, and so much more. So hop to it and get your order fast with free CVS pickup. Visit cvs.com Easter for details.